Hey everybody and welcome back to another bonus episode. This week we're talking security and we're going to be talking to Harshit Chitalia. Harshit, do you want to say hi and let people know who you are and what you do over at Tromso? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited to talk about everything DevSecOps and uh, and about myself. I'm the founder and CTO at Tromso. We are an application security platform. Um, prior to Tromso, I was uh, head of data products at Juniper Networks, leading all of like observability and like engineering uh, related to like network telemetry products at Juniper. So basically, every service provider all over the world used to be a customer. Um, so every packet that you kind of uh, go over the internet uh, was kind of being observed by one of my products, quote uh, unquote. <laughs> gotcha. Well, if anyone was looking at disreputable stuff from my house, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, we do. We it's anonymized, you know, right? So nobody's really uh-huh. looking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> And and before that, I did another startup uh, called AppFormix, where uh, we were building like tools to help you operationalize uh, things like OpenStack, which was like a private on-prem uh, cloud, similar to how AWS is there for the public cloud. Um, gotcha. And so we built that startup and and sold it to Juniper. But yeah, like happy to kind of you know dive deep into like application security, uh, what devs are facing today, and and talk more about that. Right. Absolutely. So. Uh, one of the things that I have seen, um, you know, just doing this and talking DevOps and stuff for as long as I have, um, is that a lot of times people don't even know where to start, right? They they hear about DevSecOps, you know, they see some nightmare, nightmare scenario where somebody gets into a database and then they're, you know, they're like, well, how do we, how do we mitigate that thing? You know, how do you, how do we, how do we see what's going on in our apps and identify where the problems are. Do, do you have some tricks for that? Do you have a situation where yeah. somebody's gotten that figured out that you've helped them with? Yeah, absolutely, right? So we have customers from like who are in different stages of their life cycle of, of like maturity, right? Like some of them are early stage startups uh, who are just starting out and trying to figure all of this where we have Fortune 500, like big banks who have you have another side of the problem where they just can't manage the amount of data that, that they are uh, receiving from security, right? So so let's take a step back, right? Let's say you are just starting off. What, what do you need, right, today? So from an application security perspective, you want to make sure that you have your basic hygiene correct, right? That means like you're scanning your source code, you're doing secret mm-hmm. detection, you're basically making sure your APIs are kind of scanned correctly uh, for vulnerabilities, as well as like doing like pen testing, um, and if I'm pretty sure in today's day and age where you're using CI/CD, uh, making sure that is set up correctly and your source control is set up correctly. And finally, I'm, sh- I'm sure everybody's using some form of container technology, right? So making sure that your containers are scanned as well, right? So if you do all of these things, uh, at least on a basic level, then then you will be in a position where, where you will have your basics done right. Now, the problem is that... A, because of a lot of, like five years ago, this would have been really difficult. But today it's it's super easy because there are a lot of open source products that you can com- like go ahead and just say, okay, push bu- push off a button and you can basically deploy all of these in your environment, right? Now comes the next stage is like, how do you kind of keep track of it, right? Because any 
like even a small customer that we have right like it has around like we have around 500 employees and they have like 3500 repos um in in within those 500 employees between them and and the number of vulnerabilities are over like 500,000 reported by all of these tools right now how do you kind of wow. go and say hey, what are you going to do with those right like how do you even go about saying okay i'm going to start looking at from 1 to 100 today right and and the real problem here is that the application security folks are completely outnumbered right the ratio is like mm-hmm. 1 is to 200 or something that crazy right and and they have no idea today because of the way things are moving you can basically just swipe a credit card on aws launch your service and the security team would not even know what's actually getting deployed right so so how do you even keep track of like what is happening on a day to day basis and what is getting launched uh, what is getting scanned and then how do you even prioritize out of that 500000 issues that that are there you can't open up jira tickets right like basically your developer right. is going to you so 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 that's that's like one of the main problems that we've seen these days and and we did a, like a, a survey as well to kind of figure out like where people are right now and what do they think about it right and there were quite a few number of interesting tidbits that came out of it which were honestly not shocking but at the same time uh, we we didn't know it the problem was that widespread right mm-hmm. so we looked into like asked developers okay what do you think about like like pushing vulnerable code right and 42% of them said we push vulnerable code once a month like they know about it but they need a hot fix so they are kind of pushing it out the Ouch. other one was that one third which is around like 32% of the vulnerabilities are the only ones that are getting fixed so basically security team is doing all this hard work in scanning and making sure that you know you report all these vulnerabilities but the developers mm-hmm. are just fixing one third of them right so if somebody came and told you that two thirds of the work that you're doing in your environment is is totally useless right if if somebody came and told you like two thirds of the podcast that you're doing nobody's listening to it right. how would you think about it right so 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 that's that's been like one of the biggest biggest problems right like where where even though you spend so much effort and time in in bringing all these data things and finding all these issues nobody's really fixing them and in the third thing what we found is that developers are just getting overwhelmed with the number of security tools out there right mm-hmm. every tool has its own dashboard its own slack message right so if your manager is reporting to you and is up pinging you and if this the security tool is coming and pinging you what would you do right as a developer right, right? because it's not your real core priority to kind of fix security issues your priority is to kind of ship features mm-hmm. so 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 what we are seeing now is that developers are just getting overwhelmed with with security and and they are saying okay tell us what should we do right and right. and there's no easy way for them to do that today but but now there are new cutting edge tools that are coming out to help them with all of these things you know you kind of kind of mentioned there are all these different options of things that people can use to monitor security issues and and manage their uh, infrastructure and their stack and you know you're getting information from all these places so i'm assuming then that that you're kind of starting from the standpoint of having you know like something scan your you mentioned some of these scan your repos and 
you know, send the data in and aggregate it somewhere. Um, and I've seen dashboard tools out there um, that, that you can hook them into. And so, so that's just the first thing is just getting things to the point where you're collecting the data and then aggregating it in a in one place where you can go look and say, we're deploying with these vulnerabilities. We're you know we're handling these kinds of issues. We're watching for these kinds of things to come up on our dashboard, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, so like you know, even in my previous job, like because we were building a visibility product, we used to say that if you if if you don't know about it you're never going to fix it, right? So right. visibility right. is definitely key. But the problem with security is that it's not something that you can just ignore, right? Like a mm -hmm. CPU usage getting high, okay, I know it is high and I'm going to do something about it at some point, it's okay. But if you know about a security issue, it becomes like a liability, right? No right. customer right. is going to actually deploy a software. You tell them, okay, I have this vulnerability and I have log4j in my environment, I'm never going to fix it. <laughs> then, then the customer is never going to trust you again, right? So, so it's it's both like a liability and a trust issue there at the at the end of the day. And then the goal is like, how do you kind of mitigate it, right? So, so having visibility is is I would say only one percent of of your job done. The, right. the ninety nine percent is is how do you kind of take it to the next step to actually fixing it, right? Like basically mm -hmm. tracking it, tracking the SLA of it. Uh, communicating it and prioritizing it in the right way to make sure that you know what needs to get fixed and how you're going to kind of go and fix it. Right, that makes sense. So do you have a methodology for doing that or do you just, you know, file tickets in a JIRA or something like that and and then just yeah. smash them one by one? I mean, what, do you, what are we looking at there? Yeah, so I think that, the, I mean, from a solution perspective, right, like it's it's like it's not just a technology problem, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. technology wise, yes, you can do a bunch of things, but but at the same time, it's it's a people, it's a process problem as well, right? So we can talk about all of those things uh, one by one and, and we can see like how we can go ahead and, and, and solve it. So let's start with the people process, right? Like, so today... Security, if, if I look at it the from a developer's mindset, is always like an afterthought, right? Like mm -hmm. you've always thought about like going and, and shipping features, right? But you never thought about, okay, how is this even secure? Am I using the dependencies that are actually kind of okay that I should be using? Am I using mm -hmm. a container image which is solid or which has been, you know, like I would, we, what we kind of call it as, as like uh, zero vulnerabilities uh, container right. image, right? So are you doing all these basic things, right? And in the goal for us is like to get more and more developers bought into this idea that what you need is uh, a way for you to kind of go ahead and say, this is the minimum that, that we need for every new feature, for every new product line or any new service that we are shipping today. Right. Mm -hmm. So so that needs to come as a mindset change. The other big mindset change that needs to come and we as an industry have been talking about it, but but there hasn't been a lot of progress over it is is about shifting left. Right. So. Right. What does shift left even mean? Right. Like so shift left basically means that like developers today write code on their IDE that code gets pushed into PR and uh, that PR gets merged, gets deployed inside the CI/CD, and then actually goes live into production, right? Right. Most of the security scanning or security work used to happen after the deployment has been done. 
Now that used to be cool back in the day because like things were over a network, right? There used to be a mm -hmm. network firewall. There used to be like these endpoints and all of those things like of the Cisco's of the world and, and like a lot of other uh, networking companies were primarily doing security. But right now, everything is code. Your infrastructure is code, right? To deploy sure. something on AWS, you're using infrastructure. Your networking is code, right? So now every, everything is application security. So you cannot have that mindset that I'm going to go ahead and test or scan this piece of software only after it is deployed. It's too late. Once it's deployed, the attacker is always in, right? So, so what you really need to do is try to shift left as much as possible. So if you are trying to scan for secrets, for example, scanning them when even something is going and getting you know, deployed in a PR, if it's on PR, it's already on GitHub. So somebody in your environment has already seen it, right? So then that right. means you have to kind of roll it over. So you have to even go left over there where something in your IDE or when you build locally, like a pre-Git hook is going to go and tell you that, okay, we've exposed to the secret. Similarly, some things may take like a little bit or more like, you know, uh, I would say computing power, like for example, going and scanning your infrastructure. But that again can happen inside the PR itself. When you're making changes into the infrastructure, you want to make sure that you're not leaking an S3 bucket, right? There, there have been so many reports out there where customers have leaked S3 buckets and, and the problem has been primarily because they did, couldn't figure that out or they didn't scan it soon enough, right? So this is what the shift left like methodology is of, of going and making sure that you kind of preemptively try to stop something before it happens. Right. right. And, and then there is the other aspect of it, which we call in, as shift right as well. Now, what mm -hmm. does shift right here mean? Right. The shift right is essentially like how much can you kind of go and, and make it such that, you know, you have the highest visibility, right? Like for example, in, I would say a few years back, the CISO or whatever is the head of security's role in that organization would never be part of the boardroom, right? He would never report into the CEO or who would never have like executive level uh, representation because it was again an afterthought, right? So now what we really want is that that kind of visibility for the head of security so that that kind of comes from a top-down approach where, you know, security is something that is mandated and is always thought of, right? So, so that is something that, that needs to happen from both of a cultural perspective as well as, as just changing the mindset. And then the last piece about, about changing mindset here is, is how do we kind of reward these things, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say a lot of developers are gamers, right? And, and you know, like how gaming works is basically you kind of reward them for good behavior mm -hmm. uh, and ensure that you kind of uh, have a sense of, of like, uh, you know, uh, rewarding good behavior in, in any kind of environment, right? So gamification of, of like, okay, you fixed X number of vulnerabilities or this team is the one which is introducing the most, you know, horrendous code, right? There needs to be something about it, right? Like, I mean, the, the, the goal is not to bring anybody down, but to kind of highlight these problems, right? Like, so having team leaderboards, gamifying this whole system out is something that you can actually do in your environment. And that we've known, like, like folks at PayPal, I think, gave a talk about it. There are other folks as well who've given talks about how gamification 
of our security in the environment has given like huge, huge benefits out as well, right? So this is all I've talked about, like how people and process can help in mm-hmm. it. Now, from a tech perspective, definitely now, now we've moved in, in a way in which technology can help like ease some of these things as well, right? Um, now, like there are a bunch of security companies out there which can help you with definitely the visibility part of it, right? So it's like a one-stop click button where you get complete visibility. And then there are other ones which help you with the automation about it as well, right? So you don't end up creating like 500,000 Jira tickets, right? You want to create meaningful group Jira tickets because let's say there are 500 vulnerabilities that can all get fixed if you just upgrade your Linux version, right? So we have a customer who's using Nessus, right? Nessus reports like 200,000 because they have a very big environment. They're deployed all over the world, right? So every host basically will have vulnerability. Nessus will spit it out as like a single in- finding inside each of their compute servers. Now the fix is like one ticket, right? But in Nessus, the way it is shown, you cannot kind of go ahead and, and create those number of tickets. So there's a manually, a person sitting there figuring out, okay, these are all the hosts which is kind of infected by this. So I'm going to create one single Jira ticket and then kind of give it to the developer or the DevOps person who's going to kind of upgrade the OS, right? Now that whole thing can be totally automated with technology today, right? Like, so so making sure that whatever your repetitive workflows are, like all of those can be definitely be automated with, with right. the help of technology, right? And then at the end of the day, what you want to really use technology for is to kind of, get a sense of like deeper workflows, right? Like making sure that you're really tracking your SLAs, right? Uh, Making sure that you're following up. If some developer comes in and says, look, my workload is too high right now. How do I go and, and, you know, come back to this in like two months, right? Can you give me an exception for right now, right? How do you kind of track it at a big corporate level where you have hundreds of engineers? Like technology can help you solve all of that, right? So, so, so there is a, good enough way in which if we mix all of these things together, we can have a good solid application security program in your environment. So is there an example of someone who set something like this up, right? Where they're collecting the data and then you're, they're doing this kind of automation to make sure that their security practices are well-informed, well-thought-out and, you know, handled in a semi-automatic way? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, pretty much all of our customers who are using this in different forms. Uh, one of our customers, Nextrole, right, um, is using this to kind of completely automate how they kind of find findings from, like, GitHub Advanced Security mm-hmm. or any of the other tools that they are using and directly route them to the right developer who needs to go and fix it, right? So, so they are... We have completely automated that out. There's a talk as well, which I can provide a link to, where they completely describe that process about what what kind of scanning that they do today to make sure that they are secure. And at the same time, how do they kind of go and prioritize what needs to actually go and get right. fixed, right? Because that's the main thing, right? Like, how do you define that policy and kind of stay up to date as new things come in with, with kind of not meet that policy, then you want to kind of go ahead and say, okay, the developer needs to kind of go and fix this and 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 make sure that they are there uh, and and routed to the right person or the right team to kind of go and address that issue. Makes sense. Um, what kind of results are they getting from this kind of approach? Yeah. Um, so the the thing the the tricky thing and the good thing is 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 here that like in security, right? Um, it's it's never like you can be rest assured that okay 
like you can just relax and be like it's 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 done deal right because the the main issue here is is like for you to not end up on the front page of new york times right right, <laughs> right? so yeah. you don't want yeah. to be like okay i'm not going to do anything about it right but the result the key results that that any customer at least for us would would want to look at is that how am i doing in terms of like the number of total vulnerabilities that i have or issues that i have in my environment and then how am i tracking over a period of time like i believe by using all of the things that i've told you uh, that we've discussed so far that trend line should be trending downwards right because mm-hmm. you now would be coming to a stage where like hopefully no new things are getting added right because you are you've already shifted left and you have a lot of scanning in place and developers are getting notified as soon as something is getting introduced in your environment so hopefully right like very minimal thing is coming in and so now only your existing software which is outdated for whatever reason needs to get updated and in that sense if you have something which is constantly reminding you you about sla and tracking and making sure that things are happening in the right place then you have a way to kind of make sure that it is trending downwards right so that is the the main uh, i would say roi then that that you kind of get out of the system right and, but trending downwards is one thing um are we talking like a five times reduction a 10 times reduction yeah so it it definitely depends on the kind of environment and the kind of uh, scanning uh, uh systems that they have in place already right uh specifically like we've seen customers go as far as like 50 times reduction as well right wow um, yeah so so it's so this it's, either really works or their code really was bad yeah no i think it's it's not about the code being bad or it, it it's about like yeah i guess it could be supply chain and stuff too yeah yeah like you coming to realize like you know what is key here right like what needs to be kind of addressed asap and and how do we kind of go about doing that right and and making sure that the right person gets notified about it because mm-hmm. half the time the security team does not even know who needs to kind of go and fix it right so 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 being able to kind of track that person down showing him why it is important why what is the impact of that particular thing or mm-hmm. the entire like exposure surface that they have that i think can become really huge and so so it really helps in in you know making sure that that we kind of go beyond it the other benefit like like you know is that what we've also observed um, so one is definitely reduction in terms of what existing things that they have the other is is essentially like looking into um so when i said you know when we started this conversation i said okay you need to do container scanning you need to do secret scanning you need to do x you need to do y right like so there are 10 11 things that you basically today need to do in your any environment today most customers are doing five or six of those things right so how do you kind right. of bridge the gap and and make sure that they can do everything and and what what we've seen is that and the reason is not just because they don't want to do it but it's usually a matter of resources right so either some right. customers have the money and the budget or some customers may not even have like people to kind of kind of make all of this happen right so we've seen where if we if there are tools that provide you a way to kind of automate some of those things right like we talked about cicd right 
how can you kind of make sure that you can just deploy secrets management inside your CID with the help of one click, right? Mm-hmm. So, so enabling in like through technology interfaces like that have also helped in, in you know, bridging this gap kind of and making this even more secure uh, in, in your application security. And- right. So in the CICD, because we've kind of talked about, you know, some some of the automations, but CICD in particular, what kinds of things are you adding? Is it scanning dependencies or scanning my code and looking for patterns? Or, you know, you also mentioned that we have infrastructure as code. So is it doing the same thing there? I mean, what is that the kind of thing we're talking about or are we talking about something else? No, exactly. Those are the things that we're talking about, right? Like, so basically um, scanning for like any built-in patterns, right? Like things like uh, making sure like you have certain rules in place, with, like uh, and in any kind of what overall comes in as like source code analysis, right? Uh, so any of the SCA tools, uh, dependency checking, right? So making sure like all the dependencies that you're using across like say your Python, Go, JavaScript packages are, are the what that they should be using. License checks becomes a big thing when you're shipping an enterprise product. You don't want to ship few licenses which are like kind of not considered uh, to be mm-hmm. enterprise safe. Uh, then we talked about container scanning, uh, secret scanning, um, and um, at the same time, infrastructure scanning, right? Like, so these six, seven things essentially all combined together would form like a basic package that you would want to be deployed in your CICD environment. I gotcha. And then that feeds back onto the dashboard. I'm assuming where you're looking at the other. Yeah. Users. Yeah. So, so the goal here is that, you know, like ideally like nobody should come to our dashboard, right? There are enough number of dashboards, honestly. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. dashboard is, is, is something that your manager should t- take a look like if I'm a developer right. today, like I would be like, Hey, you look at it. Like the head of security needs to look at it because he wants to understand like the overall, uh, how things are going okay. on. But when I'm in the weeds, I want to kind of know about it as soon as something happens, right? I so that I want to be notified on Slack. I want an email or best case is just tell me in the PR, right? My, mm-hmm. my peer reviewers are telling me that something is wrong in my code. I didn't check for this test case. Why can't security come and tell me, okay, hey guy, you just did something wrong from a security perspective, right? Like why can't you just become another person like a bot within my team and tell me about security issues, right? That's where I think the industry is going towards and that's why we need to go to so that, you know, developers are truly empowered and the whole thing sticks within within your within your environment itself, which is basically where you're pushing towards. So you're talking like a pager duty or Slack notification or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Slack and pager duty is 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 good, but I feel like a, a step further, as I said, would be right inside inside your GitHub PR, right. for example, yeah. right? It's giving you the full context. Here is why you leaked a secret. This is why it is bad for you. Or this is something that you've done, which can potentially lead to uh, this kind of an attack. And, and this is what a pro- remediation could be, right? And yeah. also sometimes you want to do things deliberately, right? Maybe that's the only way to do it. So how can you kind of push in your code that, okay, ignore this thing. Don't show it to me again, right? Like, and so... Right things around those like and making sure that like developers have a say in what they do and how they do it and and somebody just helping them to do the right thing is is, i think going to go in a long way so we've kind of talked through a lot of things and i think a lot of this is stuff that if people have the time and inclination they can go figure out how to put this in place themselves but one thing that i found is that 
Um, you know, there are solutions like Tromso, for example, where right. it's, hey, you know, rather than pay some full-time employee for three weeks to go figure out how this all goes together and then pay him one day in 10 to maintain it, you can just, you know, you just pay for Tromso or something like it, right? And, you know, it'll cost you considerably less than even one hour of their time. And it's all set up to solve these problems for you. And so you kind of get the benefit of everybody or a lot of people using a solution like this. Um, and, you know, it's a lot easier to set up. So um, how much of this does Tromso give you? And what what does that solution look like? Like if I, if I decide, you know what, this sounds like a lot of work. Um, I'd rather have you set it up and or, you know, have it quickly set up, you know, through a wizard and then be able to manage it with a tool that does 99% of the work for me. Right, absolutely. And look, it's, it's a typical buy versus build question, right? right. Like you want to kind of um, build all of this on your own or, or kind of buy and, and kind of start operationalizing it, right? So it really depends on like what stage of your company it is and how mature you are, right? Like for example, mm -hmm. somebody just starting a company uh, tomorrow and and they don't even have like they're just hiding their first engineers and just building an MVP. Yeah, uh, maybe they don't need something like Tromso right now, right? Like because right. Tromso would would be something that they would need one year into their journey. But if somebody has like a set of application security engineers and a security team, then we can really amplify their work, right? Like. The goal, the, the the main goal for us is to make those guys like heroes in in their environment, right? Like they should mm -hmm. be like totally dependent on on Tromso for pretty much everything that they they are doing for application security, and also scale the team considerably, right? And as you said, right, like it's it in in our experience, it's no not even about three days. Like we have seen people just have like a team. Uh, like like one of our customers had two people sitting in India just filing Jira tickets. Like that's all that they did, oh, right? Wow. Like, right? Uh, oh, and, and that's that's all, right? Like, and, and mm -hmm. then you have people over here who are just trying to figure out how do I, you know, set up X Y Z in my environment, right? Which right. could just come out of the box for them, right? Like because some of these tools that we are talking about have a lot of inbuilt configuration, like they need a lot of expertise in just setting it up mm -hmm. in the right way, because otherwise you will end up with a lot of false positive, right. which is clearly going to be detrimental to what you're even trying to achieve, right? So, so I feel like uh, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, but Tromso, whatever we just talked about in it, uh, in, in this interview, like Tromso can help you solve, like I would say 95% of, of everything that we talked about from a technology perspective, right? Now the process and and how uh, the people stuff go about is is definitely I'm I'm like really passionate about it and and I can have more conversation about it. But but from a tech perspective, we can definitely solve a lot of those use cases that that we talked about uh, on on this on this show. So let's say that I decide, okay, you know what, this sounds great. I'm going to sign up for Tromso. Um, I'm going to you know put my app or apps, my repos on it. How how hard is that? Yeah, I mean, so we can get you started in like five minutes, right? So basically, um, oh, so nice. we we would have something up and running. Um, of course, we'll definitely have a meeting before that to just understand your environment, what you are running today, what you're doing today, to kind of better serve like and, and figure out like what 
is the main use case that you're trying to solve. But from a like just a, a, a an onboarding perspective, right? Like, I mean, we've moved into the stage where everything is connected by an API. Uh, everything has like API credentials that you can basically sign in with, right? So uh, we would come into your environment, tell you automatically, okay, here are all your assets, right? These are the assets that we think are the most important ones, right? And the way we would figure that out is is by by the knowledge that we've gained over a period of time, looking at like how that asset is even being used in production, right? So we have some inbuilt proprietary technology to kind of go in and figure all of that out. So once we know what is the important asset, we kind of go and figure out, okay, these are the things that are getting scanned today. And these are the things that are not getting scanned today. And then we give you a perspective, okay, if the things for which you're not getting scanned, right, it could be like, let's say you don't have secret management today, or you don't not doing infrastructure scanning. Then with the push right. of a button, we can go and deploy that within your CI/CD to make sure that, you know, all of that is, is also working. And now you're getting full coverage of it. And then all the data starts flowing in. You then basically have a way to kind of say, okay, Harshit, I want to make sure that now there is no log forge in my environment. Can you ensure me that? Right. right. So we go and figure out, okay, if there is any log forge right now in my environment, and also in future keep track so that you no know, somebody else, no developer goes and introduces a package which has not fixed log forge, for example, right? Like through our dependency checker. Right. So right. so we'll be able to kind of go and solve some of these use cases for you automatically. And then finally once you have all of that in place then we can go and build out those custom reporting shift right dashboards for you so that your CISO or your head of security who wants to look at it from a holistic perspective on how things are going and flowing, we can give you uh, that visibility mm -hmm. as well. But, but our first goal is to kind of make sure things are getting scanned, things are getting reported correctly, you have the right person who's like going to fix those issues as well, right? Because that's the ultimate goal uh, for us to kind of go and, and address. And, and that's like something that we try to do out of the box for you. So if I want to go, let's say I want to try it out. Do you have some kind of way of trying it out before I buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we basically um, uh, today, like you can go to Tronzo.com. We'll give you a demo. Uh, um, and then if there's agreement on uh, on like the use cases and if this is what you're kind of trying to solve, uh, then, then we'll spin up an environment for you and you can do everything before you buy it for sure. Cool. So I guess the last deal is, is if people want to go sign up and check it out, I'm, what was the best way to do it? Yeah. So the website is tromzo.com, T-R-O-M-Z-O.com. And there's a demo request form. Just fill it up and, and we take it from there. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up, but we're going to um we're gonna push everybody just go go check it out go check out tromzo.com that's t-r-o-m-z-o.com and uh you know it seems like it's an easy first step to just get started on your security make sure that your your app is up to date as far as security practices that it's being scanned and that everything is running the way that it should and yeah you could look like a hero in front of your friends yeah totally and you know like if 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 none of this is what you want to do and you want to just relax and, you know, take a holiday, uh, you can actually visit Tromso. It's a small town in, in Norway, up north. Um, maybe just spend like a week there and I think you will you will enjoy your time there too. There we go. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up here. And until next time, folks, max out. <laughs>